It's a Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. It's time for another Saturday morning rewatch. Woo! This time we watched a show that is technically not a rewatch for me, but you can introduce it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we watched Rocco's Modern Life. Ooh, and oh, I have to sing it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yes, you do. It's got a pretty good theme song. Yeah, I can't do all of the music, but it's just uh, a group of chorus singers going, Rocco's Modern Life, Rocco's Modern Life, Rocco's Modern Life, Rocco's Modern Life, at like alternate moments. <laughs> yep, that's about right. While well, weird things happen to Rocco and his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to do a summary first? Yeah. Since you actually never watched it before? I didn't know you had yeah. seen it before. Oh, it's okay. Because I'd seen a few episodes, it maybe had been like three. But I think we can still do a summary. All right. Rocco's Modern Life was the fourth Nicktoon created. It debuted in 1993 and ran until 1996 with a total of four seasons and 52 episodes. Nickelodeon was apparently looking for edgier cartoons for Nicktoons at the time that were more like Ren and Stimpy, which would target both children and adult audiences. The show focuses on Rocco, an anthropomorphized wallaby who's just moved from Australia to the United States, his friend Heifer the cow, and Filbert the turtle as they try to navigate adult life. Unsurprisingly, the show was controversial due to an abundance of adult jokes and satirical social commentary, <laughs> which doesn't, yeah, not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. <laughs> The show was created by Joe Murray, who went on to make Camp Laszlo. Oh. Rocker's Modern Life was a breakthrough show for a lot of the production team's careers. Uh, Steven Hillenberger worked as a director before he pitched SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm -hmm. Tom Kenny did voice work for the show before becoming the voice for SpongeBob. Yeah, I checked the credits on that one because as I was watching, Tom Kenny, wait a minute. (laughs) I haven't seen this name before. Storyboard artist Mitch Schauer Schauer, uh, went on to create the Angry Beavers and writers Dan Povenmire and Jeff Marsh went on to create Phineas and Ferb with the Disney Channel. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot of people involved in this did other stuff after. There's a lot of speculation about why Nickelodeon canceled Rocco after four seasons. A lot of people think it's just because the content was not kid-friendly, but also Joe Murray left to go work on Camp Laszlo, so I was like, well, (laughs) they probably were just like, this seems good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if your main writer is gone, it's kind of like, Yeah, and (laughs) obviously he was taking other people with him, and then SpongeBob got started not that long after that, so... That makes sense. I feel like it was just like everybody was breaking up, so they canceled it, but I'm sure the fact that it was super controversial didn't help matters. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) My roommate rewatched a couple of episodes with me last night and was like, I can't... Like, she'd seen it before, and we were still just like... How on earth did this get approved as a cartoon on Nickelodeon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, like, there's certain levels of cartoons where it's just the fucking wild, wild west, and people are just kind of doing whatever they want until other people notice. And by other yeah. people, I mean parents. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some parents looked over and were like, what the fuck is my child watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you've never seen it before. So what were your initial impressions? 
Well, I remembered Rocco's Modern Life because it was one of those cartoons that, like, I never liked Ren and Stimpy, so anything that came out of Ren and Stimpy, I was kind of not interested in, and Rocco, for me, felt like that. So I know as a kid, I watched, like, maybe two-minute intervals, which, in an 11-minute show, that's still, like, a decent amount of the show, but every time I was just sort of like, eh. You know, like, (laughs) I either saw something gross that I was not super into, or I didn't catch on to the adult humor. So that's kind of why I was interested to go back and watch it, like, as an adult, to be like, what do I think about this now that I'm over, sort of, you know, Kid Me, I I don't know if I mentioned it this before, but Kid Me was kind of an asshole when it came to aesthetics. (laughs) Yeah, I think think we've touched on that topic before. Yeah, like why Kid Me wasn't that super into Rugrats but watched it, wasn't super into Doug but watched it because, you know, child me, it's like, from an artist's perspective, this is just very gross for the sake of being gross. We're going to have to watch some pretty cartoon again soon. Yeah. (laughs) What do you remember of Rocco's Modern Life? So I always thought it was weird. Well, I don't like Ren and Stimpy either, but surprisingly we did get into Rocco's Modern Life and we watched it pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. But even as a kid, I knew it was weird. And I just knew there were a lot of jokes that I didn't understand. That's fair. Yeah, but we watched it. And as I was watching it again, I was like, what is in this for kids? And I realized most of the humor that children would understand is the slapstick and body humor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is abundant. (laughs) And it's, like, almost a little bit jarring, honestly. Like, watching it, I mean, not to skip ahead to watching it as an adult, but, like, the premise is... Every episode is incredibly adult, and then all the slapstick is just sort of in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> the first ep- Okay, so all the episodes are half an hour, but they're split into two, so they have, a, like, two 10-minute segments in them, or 11 mm-hmm. minutes. And then the first episode, the first half is about how hard it is to go exercise, and then the second half is about the dangers of credit cards. <laughs> I'm sorry, to adult me, that felt like an attack. Yeah, I was like... I'm like, I am definitely worried about both of those things. Like, what the fuck? How dare... How is this still relevant? (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Because the credit card one in particular, like, at the beginning, Rocco, like, needs a new couch. Yeah. Get out of here. (laughs) Like, And then he doesn't have enough money to go buy one, though. So Heather, his friend, Mm -hmm. who is very irresponsible, is like, why don't you just get a credit card and charge it? And then they, like, of course, end up buying way too much stuff. And Rocco doesn't have the money to pay the bills. So he gets repossessed and they take all of his things. (laughs) And you're just like, yeah, why was this for children? (laughs) What the fuck? Why was that for kids? And at the very end, Heather gets a dog bowl for Rocco's dog. And Rocco's sort of like, oh my gosh, how did you manage to do this? And he's like, oh, I went the old-fashioned way. I sold my organs. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> what the fuck? That's the, that's the end of this. It's just, oh yeah, kids, sell your organs. Excuse me? Right. <laughs> also, kids would not even understand why that is funny. No, no. So I think when you're a kid, so they do a lot of things like when you get hit, like your eyeballs pop out. And yeah, you get you can get run over and squish my things. So there's a lot of just straight up slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess that is what you would understand as a child. Yeah, none of the rest of this makes any sense. <laughs> no, and it's like it's so convoluted because even with Heifer like selling his organs, they claim he sold it to a bunch of he sold his second stomach, which okay, that requires kids to know that cows have multiple stomachs, and he sold it to a Scotsman. 
who tried to play it like a backpack oh, yeah. and oh, food kept coming out of it. So the joke for the kids is food was coming out of Heifer's stomach that he sold. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh. I mean, another one that I watched is in the second episode. It's called Leave Frogs. And mm-hmm. it's about Rocco's neighbors who are Mr. Mm-hmm. and Mrs. Bighead, and they're both frogs. Yes. And Mr. Bighead is not paying enough attention to Mrs. Bighead, so when he leaves for work, Mrs. Bighead decides to attempt to seduce Rocco. Oh my god. That's the premise <laughs> of the episode, and I was like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> that doesn't even... Wow, Okay. <laughs> She shows up in his yard in, like, a crop top and little shorts with, like, her hair and makeup done. And then makes him go to her house and, like, do chores for her. What? I, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's the worst seduction ever. (laughs) Oh, my God. I watched a different episode that was about Rocco and the Big Heads where there's a show that he loves. It's a cartoon called The Fat Heads. And the fat heads are rude frogs, and it is apparently drawn by the bit, the actual frog's estranged son. Oh my god. And so the mom, the lady frog, sends Rocco to Hollowwood to get their son, who is a big time animator, to come back for their 30th wedding anniversary and to reunite this estranged family. And he does it. And he like, that's the joke. And it, the, there's this great joke in there where he goes to visit like the animation studio, and all of it has been incredible, like tongue in cheek jokes by animators for animators. Mm. Where at the very end of this tour that he and his turtle friend take, the tour guide is like, "And now we come to the lifeblood of our industry, the whole reason we're here, and how we continue to grow toys. Please buy some." <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Truth. <laughs> So, like, Rocco's Modern Life has a lot of, like, funny beats in it that either are funny for an adult or funny for a kid, but I don't know if they successfully work together. I, it's, it's a good question, like... I don't know. I watched, like, I guess I watched four episodes, which is, like, eight, because they're all halves. Mm -hmm. And some of it was funny, but a lot of it I was just like, this is so weird. Like, everything (laughs) is taken to an absurd extreme. Yeah. So, like I said, I watched it as a kid, and it was funny. And as an adult, I'm like, yeah, some of these lines are funny. They're good jokes. But I don't want to watch a lot of it. Yeah, because a lot of it, like, I was joking earlier, but now I'm like, no, I think this is right. A lot of it, from an adult perspective, kind of does feel like an attack. Like, I am worried about losing weight, and if I go to a health club, I'm pretty sure I would get thrown out. And, like, I am worried about my credit card debt. And, oh my god, estranged families are real, and they don't just get back together when a friend asks you to. (laughs) Like, there's all this stuff in these shows where I'm just like, um... This is a lot. And you remember how, like, in Rugrats, I was like, the jokes for the adults are so in the background, they're, like, blink and you miss them? Yeah. Rocco, like, that's the whole show. The whole show is, like, mostly the adult joke with the slapstick thrown in for a kid to be like, haha, he's too fat. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, haha, he can't buy stuff. And then, like, as an adult, you're like, 
Wait, but that's not funny. That's like life. <laughs> no, it's just, this is just real. I know, I felt like on yeah. some level the adult jokes reminded me of Seinfeld. Mm. Yeah, actually, like, yes. Oh, life is just hard. Like, yes. There was Ooh. one where, oh, it was the credit card one. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when they go to the mall, they drive around the parking garage forever. And yes. they make jokes about being trapped in the parking garage. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand also that they like go to a store that is just for dog bowls and the guy working at the store is super in their faces until they buy something and then he's like thank you for uh, we're happy to serve you please come back again if you need and he like goes back to what he was doing yep like completely ignoring them and that you're right that is very much a seinfeld joke yeah like it feels like the type of thing where jerry goes back like hey Hey, don't you want to be my friend anymore? What's up with that? Whoa. Retail <laughs> workers don't actually care about people? Hey. Right. You know? <laughs> Which BT does. I also hate Seinfeld, so like, oh. <laughs> this may just not be my brand of humor. <laughs> Fair enough. And by may not be, I'm just like, yeah, it's definitely not. <laughs> I like Seinfeld, but in this case, it's, I think, it's hard. Yeah. Because, like you said, there's not, there's often not a happy ending. Because this does what some of the other cartoons we watched do, like Dexter's Lab did, where mm-hmm. you can just end an episode. People can die. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, in Leapfrogs, Mrs. Big Head is in a blender. And I swear to God, they make the joke. They pause. She falls into the blender. And the two little chameleon guys come out and make a joke. And they say, what's red and green? And goes 100 miles an hour. And then they turn on the blender. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I know the answer to that joke. (laughs) And like, we're laughing because it's terrible. And then she's fine and you're like, yeah, oh, okay. So I just have to totally suspend reality to accept this cartoon. I feel like we should start calling these like M&M cartoons where like, morality and mortality don't exist. That's fair. Like, there are no, like, good or bad actions, because it's not like He-Man, where every ending was like, hey, kids, make sure you wear a life vest when you swim. Like, there's no, like, (laughs) there's no moral lesson at the end of it, and it's also, like... Anyone can die at any point and be back the next episode. So, like, death is not real. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really good description because this show may have some things to say about adulthood, but it is certainly Mm -hmm. not teaching you how to be a good, upstanding person. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Like, there's a whole episode, too, that I watched where Spunky, his dog, gets too fat, which there's... There's a lot of focus on bigness as jokes. Yeah, I think we can talk about that for sure, because it's definitely something I wrote down. Yeah, but, like, so the dog gets too fat, and they take him to, like, work out and to eat better, and the show then focuses on the ticks and the ringworms and the mosquitoes living on the dog's body Uh. and does, like, a Wild West thing. (laughs) Which is, it's just, the whole thing is bonkers. It's just straight up bonkers, and I'm like... (laughs) What is happening? And like, yes, lots of Eminem cartoons are incredibly bonkers. Like they have no plot, no nothing. But like, I think the strongest thing that I could say for Rocco is watching it. I see the roots of so many other things. Because, mm-hmm. like, that whole episode, I was thinking, I'm like, what kind of Osmosis Jones bullshit is this? Because <laughs> that's that show about a white blood cell who, oh, like, yeah. is an inner city cop in your body? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, but it's it's that. Like, Rocco's modern life, you can totally, when you say it, it makes sense that it's a precursor to Laszlo. Because all of the silliness that Rocco's trying to carry off happens in Laszlo. And, like, all of the commentary about adulthood is refined in a, like, a softer way in Angry Beavers and in Spongebob, where it's, like, it's still there, but it's no longer the key focus. Like, the absurdity comes out in stronger ways in future cartoons, whereas this one, it's, like, a four-way car crash. It's just all (laughs) happening all the time. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah, I would say... For me, one of the interesting aspects of the show is it starts in 1993, and I feel like it's it pushes hard against censors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They even repeatedly make jokes about the censors. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I watched To Heck and Back because I remembered mm-hmm. that one, and it's one of my favorites. Heifer dies because he chokes on a chicken skeleton. Of course. The chicken, by the way, is made by a company called Chokey Chicken. Yeah, which, (laughs) as an adult, I'm just like, excuse me? To to begin our censorship discussion, (laughs) they began that way. Uh, Whoa! I know. So, Heifer dies. Uh, And so, he... He goes to Heck, which you see is a sign that mm-hmm. says hell, and they painted CK over the L's. <laughs> yeah. The devil's name is Peaches. Wow. And every time uh, Heifer tries to say hell, he's like, no, Heck, because <laughs> of the censor. You can't <laughs> say hell. And then even at the end of that episode, he's got this, like, paddle ball that he's bouncing, and he's counting up to 666, but just before he gets there, the- he misses. You're like, y'all just playing with us. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like they're constantly purposefully pushing the boundaries of censors. Mm-hmm. Which I think becomes, I mean, we talked about censors in He-Man and how that impacts mm-hmm. the way that the story is constructed. And I feel like this is really the beginning of breaking down a lot of those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that. So I thought that was interesting. It's obviously important to later 90s cartoons. Mm-hmm. Although there are a lot of instances in the show where I'm like, you know, <laughs> did we <laughs> did we need it? Is this really appropriate yeah. for children? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things about Rocco, though, is like, you know, in like the evolution charts that people make, the evolution of man, where you start like kind of an ape-like creature and you end up with us, like, this is one of the in-between creatures, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, it's not fully doing everything well, but it's just certainly doing a lot of things, you know? And I think that's funny, and it's setting up a lot of tropes. Like, I watched one where they went to Paris on a trip, Rocco and Heifer did, and they're with a tour guide who is the worst and is all about, like, calling people numbers, making sure nobody gets off the bus, and he takes them to spots like, if you look to your left, you'll see an authentic French trash can, and everyone's like, ooh. And Rocco's like, uh, can we go see the Eiffel Tower? And he's like, no! <laughs> And at one point, Rocco, like, escapes from the tour, and all of these people in France are like, oh, the woman you love is waiting at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower because all love stories end at the Eiffel Tower. Go, go to her. And it's like, that's kind of funny. It's like a funny trope that no one had really, like, jabbed at that much, and having it here was, like, a nice sort of, like, ha-ha, okay, yeah, cool. I'm behind that sort of moment, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So... 
I'll give it credit for like the third wall breaking for trying to build that blend because I feel like based on my memory, Ren and Stimpy leans really hard into just being gross. Just incredibly nasty. That was how I always felt about it, but I didn't watch enough to know that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, same. And like to anyone listening who's like, ooh, do Ren and Stimpy, I don't think we're gonna. I think. No, at least not anytime <laughs> Like, soon. Rocco's as close as we get right now, maybe later, but, like, yeah, I think this does better than just being gross. Like, it's trying to be gross plus. And I know that, like, if you think about things like cat, dog, or cow and chicken, those end up being cartoons that still have that super, like, gross factor, but it's blended in with some more actual jokes that are for actual children. <laughs> So, like, you know, and still cashed with this idea of, like, you can still have a show that an adult could laugh at. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Rocco was the beginning of that. I think so. I'm willing willing to give it that leeway. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely branching out and doing interesting things that I don't think existed in cartoons prior to this point. Like, South Park doesn't start until 1997. Oh, dang, yeah. Yeah, so that probably wouldn't have been able to be a thing, like... Yeah, not at all. Not without Rocco's. Also, I will say it shows another thing where it's like, fam, the kid's gonna be alright. Yeah, all those jokes just went straight over my head. Like, whatever you're worried about your kids being exposed to, the fact that this entire show, the chicken joint, is called what it's called. (laughs) And no one, like, that's not everybody's, like, formulative memory. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Like, why would I have known that when I was seven? I never would have, like, yeah, even as an adult, I had to, like, rewind it and go back and go, wait a minute. (laughs) Doesn't that mean, like... (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I will say in terms of critiquing it for today, um, it runs into the trouble a lot of gross humor, even when you're just talking about adult comedians or like you know other shows or whatever runs into which is like looking back on it now there's very much a sort of a punching down sort of humor yes the jokes are at the expense of fat people and old people are good joke you know good moments to knock over or cultural appropriation is just sort of rampant and you know that sort of shit (laughs) yeah and i think i mean we've already mentioned the fat jokes are excessive a lot yeah i mean there are whole episodes just about heifer's weight yeah into like multiple episodes about how heavy heifer is yeah and how heavy everyone is you know yeah it is yeah. rough. There was at least one or two that I have watched where I was like, I'm not even laughing because this is too much. Yeah. It's cringy. It's yeah. it's very much like Ugh. and I'm I'm happy to say that like I like that humor can evolve, that we can still have good jokes yeah. without hurting people, you know? So I'm not someone who who says, Oh, this should be thrown out of the window because of that, but I will say looking at it from a modern lens again, it's like mm, not aging so hot there are you (laughs) yeah it's a little rough (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I mean there were things where it was like in the first episode where they are trying to be in the gym together the gym people tell Heifer he has to leave and they tell Rocco he can stay but Rocco's like no I'm not gonna stay if my friend is leaving so he goes Mm -hmm. with his friend in spite of the weight stuff so i'm like okay so you're being a good friend because rocco is definitely the best person in the show <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> he is wow yes so i'm like oh okay you stick by your friend which is cool but like this entire <laughs> episode all of the jokes are about being fat so yeah, it didn't really make them. me feel better <laughs> 
Yeah. It's sort of the expected cherry on that particular yeah. Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They do have an interesting one about patriotism episode. And it's essentially that Mr. Bighead, the frog, runs the Founders Day Parade because it was his family that founded the town. Oh. And then Heifer was like, actually, no. The rock that you believe your family put their flag on, my family pushed here. And then the turtle is like, actually, there was a nest of turtles under this rock that your family <laughs> pushed it on top of. So I was here. And they're arguing about it. And then the rock falls over, proving everyone's story, where you see like the plaque from Heifer's family. You see the the old nest but then from underneath it comes another wallaby who is just like hi we've been here a long time i've been stuck in that hole a while i think the rest of my family moved to new zealand i don't know if i can find them now oh my God. <laughs> and it's supposed to be essentially that everyone founded the town which i'm like okay i mean that kind of holds up weird but it kind of holds up <laughs> yeah so it's definitely not all cringe all the time it's a no. little bit like ninja turtles where you have little bits of language or little bits of action where you're like Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they just get on streaks sometimes where you're like, oh, yeah. these are not good jokes anymore. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, you're just being mean. Yes, that's true. Well, and I think, yeah, yeah, you made a good point that, like, too many of the jokes sometimes are at other people's expense. Yeah. I mean, Philbert the Turtle, I think, is a pretty terrible negative stereotype of Jewish people. Oh, yeah, absolutely he is. Like, real bad, fam. <laughs> real bad. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's so obvious that I knew it as a child. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You kind of can't miss it. You kind of can't. <laughs> and he's, like, scared and anxious and nauseous all the time. He's actually the person I learned nauseous from, I think, as a little kid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's that and it's just you know he wears glasses and he's nerdy and weak and he falls over a lot and you're just like oh and he has that nasally voice yeah and just yeah but i'm not going to do it like i mimic no. many things i will not do it like everyone knows the voice i'm talking about like he is a literal interpretation of i think stewart from the big bang theory yeah, there is a character who is also a characterization of Jewish people on the Big Bang Theory, and they feel like they're a one-to-one -one match, honestly. Yeah, no, that's a fair... Yep. Which, honestly, is more of a criticism on Big Bang Theory than Rocco's Modern Life, because Rocco was made It was a cartoon in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Big Bang Theory has no fucking excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're talking about cartoons, not live-action shows. Um... <laughs> That sums up my feelings about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mm, not a fan. Don't at me. <laughs> never was, never will be. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. Anyway, back to Rocco. Anyway, yes, Rocco's modern life. Uh <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things we can nitpick it about, but there's also a lot of things we can say it gets credit for. And like for me, ultimately, I'm just like, if you liked Rocco's modern life as a child you would probably still like it as an adult while being very surprised by the jokes you missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, like, yeah, incredibly I think surprised. There's good lines, like, I wrote down a quote from Peach's boss, who is like, bring a mortal to his eternal darnation or suffer the consequences. <laughs> I was just like, it's just... <laughs> They just take everything to the next level, yeah. and it's fun. 
<laughs> yeah. And to its credit, for the time, it was trying to be light, you know? Like, looking at it now, it's not light, <laughs> but it is trying, so, yeah. It's branching into a new place, and I, I can respect that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it was a springboard for a lot of other great cartoons, so I think it can be in the great cartoon canon well enough, especially in, like, you know, if this were a museum, it would be in the history wing. That seems fair. <laughs> okay, that's all the notes I wrote down. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, was there anything else you wanted to say about it? Because I'm kind of like, all right, that's what I wanted to say I about it. I think we pretty much covered it. I got a what's been done, but there's not much. Okay. Well, let's do a what's been done and then rate it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, so not very much has been done since the original show. There was a short comic book run in the 90s and another comic book run in 2017. But the big news is that in May 2019, Netflix announced they had acquired the distribution rights to both Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, and Invader Zim, Enter the Floripus. And they plan to premiere them sometime in the summer of 2019. Oh, that's cool. So if you did really like Rocco's, you'll be able to watch it soon. There's gonna be a new one for you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's about it. Alright. We can rate it. Yeah. What do you give it? Uh... Six out of ten. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's about where I was going to give it, honestly, because I was thinking 5.5. Like, it's right <laughs> there in the middle for me. Like, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay. It's kind of funny, but I don't want to watch more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I definitely fell asleep a few times oh, watching weird. it and sort of woke up going by like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, wait, rewind. I got to figure out what happened. <laughs> so... Yeah, that, that's kind of my brain's default for like, I don't hate this, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have to say about Rocco's Modern Life. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess, as part of the Adjective Sphinx Network. The music we used was sung by me and can only be found here. And you can find links to any info we used in the show in the show notes. Find us and our sibling shows on Twitter at AdjectiveSphinx or email us at AdjectiveSphinx at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening.